For 30 years, Cheryl Atkinson was a um, was a correspondent and an anchor at CBS News, PBS, CNN. I mean, boy. And then they found out she wasn't crazy progressive. She was actually looking for the truth no matter where the chips fell. Yeah. So they had to run her out on a rail. Good thing for us, there is something called the interwebs. Uh, the information superhighway uh, really gave her uh, home. Now she also has her um, uh, her own show with Sinclair called Full Measure, and she actually looks for the truth. Cheryl Atkinson, how are you? I am terrific. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you? I'm very good. I'm uh, I'm interested in 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 hearing your theory and what you found uh, in with the State Department and shadow diplomacy. Well, let me just say that I typically, without trying to be in sort of a contrarian, I see something entirely different than what I think even some of the Republicans see when I listen to these hearings, and it is sort of the last gasp of the persistent bureaucracy within the State Department. Yes. Um, speaking against a president who came in and did exactly what he said he was going to do. Yes. Change business as usual, take charge. They didn't like it. And I would go so far as to say there have been some key admissions by our diplomats that they took actions contrary to what they understood the president's foreign policy desires were, which I believe is extra constitutional and perhaps worse. But they are they seem to think we've now heard it stated explicitly, they think the bureaucrats, they run the show and the president works for them. And they're out of their minds when he didn't see things the way they wanted him to see them. Well, they have a lot. The State Department has a lot invested in Ukraine and um, and a policy called Civil Society 2.0 that was designed by Hillary Clinton when she was at the State Department, Barack Obama uh, and uh, and some other um, some other figures that um, usually only belong in conspiracy theories like George Soros. Uh, and they have set this course up as a matter of policy. And they spoke about it at the time, Cheryl, with uh, with people who were in the room helping design it, that they needed it to be institutionalized so it wouldn't matter what presidents would do when they came in and went. That's not what the State Department is supposed to do. The State Department works for the president, not for themselves, unelected officials. And I think that's one of the revelations. This is them explicitly saying otherwise. And I would also point out, I looked at the disclosures the other day for the Foreign Agents Registration Act. This is where foreign countries disclose the lobbying, the foreign agents they're hiring here in the U.S. to lobby for their interests. Most countries have in this congressional summary maybe a page of people they've hired, you know, to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Ukraine is by far the biggest. It has pages and pages of people it's hired in the last few years to lobby journalists and members of Congress to make contributions, all kinds of things. And I don't think that's any coincidence that everybody is advocating. It looks to me like these State Department officials, it sounds to me, like they're advocating for Ukraine and trying to change the president's mind yes. rather than the other way around. Right. I mean, I, I, here's the thing that I, is lost on me, why people can't connect here. Um, 
quid pro quo is a way of life. I mean, it's 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 commerce. It's free market. It's our marriage. Everything is quid quid pro quo. You cheat on me and I'm probably not going to hang around. Um, I I might add that it's controversial when there is not a precondition. For foreign aid or a white yes yes controversial at times if there haven't been conditions set that's expected to have conditions set why would we why would we just give money away especially to a country that all sides even ukrainians say corrupt as hell why wouldn't we have conditions on that money and something new has arisen the last day and a half at least in my mind there is such an effort by these diplomats to make sure no one would commit in Ukraine to a corruption investigation or look into election meddling in 2016. Why? What is the harm? I mean, they may be right. They may be wrong that there wasn't any. There's good evidence that there was some. Left-leaning Politico concluded there was based on firsthand interviews. But let's just say there isn't, there wasn't any. What's the harm of having the investigation that would show that? Why are they so hell-bent on keeping the president of Ukraine from committing to any investigation into corruption or 2016 or Burisma. I think it's strange. Cheryl, I, I would love to have your brain around this. May I send you a box of documents from the State Department, uh, fr- from the court system in Ukraine, along with videotape of what we have on on officials admitting to these things? Uh, because the the facts are all there. No one is willing to go there. And it is if if this becomes just about Donald Trump, my opinion, Cheryl, on this whole thing is if Donald Trump was doing something wrong, illegal, then he should pay the price. If the Democrats were doing something wrong or legal, they should pay the price. But we need to overturn every stone because our republic is at stake, just like with Russia. If Donald Trump was colluding with Russia, he should have been impeached. I don't care who's right or wrong. I want to know the truth. Well, and I'm, I'm concerned that the persistent bureaucracy has been quite effective in punishing anybody around President Trump so far that has gone off script of what they want to happen. And if they're able to make it where a president can't institute foreign policy, can't call for investigations into corruption, can't condition aid, I mean, we've then given up any notion that the Constitution that says the president determines foreign policy is at play. We've basically then said, no, today the bureaucracy decides these things. The president just has to go along with them. Cheryl, can I tell you something that President Bush told me in the Oval Office? I was there the day that Barack Obama, who was then trailing uh, Hillary Clinton, um, he said that, you know, if I if I had charge, I, I would I would send our jets. I don't care about their airspace. If uh, if I want to find, you know, the bad guys and they're in Afghanistan, I'll just send the jets over. And this is at the time where we kind of thought that maybe Afghanistan was kind of an ally. And I said, Mr. President, I mean, can we do that? It's an ally. What would that mean? And he looked at me and he tried to comfort me and it spooked the hell out of me. He said, Glenn, don't worry. I don't care who sits in this chair. When they do, they will be advised by exactly the same people. They'll see the same facts and they'll realize the president's hands are pretty tied. It's just going to stay the same. Well, can you imagine being an outsider like Trump 
who comes in to change that, who understands that and thinks it's harmful to the nation. Right. Or you're, you're Jeff Sessions, and I have good authority that says he whispered in his own office when he met with certain people because other people were listening who worked for him he didn't trust. And you want to do things, but nobody around you supports it. How are you going to implement anything? This is what I think, you know, term limits are so important, but I think service limits are important. These institutions, if you've been there and you've seen five presidents come and go, what do you care what the president said? I've outlasted all of you guys. And the arrogance grows and the the programs again you should please i'll send you the information look up civil society 2.0 and what they were really doing and what they still are doing in chile um they they institutionalized this so it just runs under the radar and the president may or may not even know it but that's that is truly what they're covering here. And every single one of these uh, uh, people that are been testifying, they're all involved in it. I mean, like deeply. I've I have emails that through FOIA requests that have, have come from them. And I have the money. I have the State Department connections. We we have all of it. it it's it's not a hidden secret. It's just that no one will look into it in the press. And I think that's well, because they've made it about Trump. And I think um, I did an interview with an author named Thomas Cranawitter. He wrote a book called Save the Swamp. And he touches upon what you're saying, but he goes back historically and says this was designed, the swamp as we know it, yes. by design was, was thought that there will be bureaucrats, the permanent government they called themselves, that despite what the elections found, and we'd be distracted by the elections, the permanent government would be the ones running the show. And right. I think it's, it's exactly what we're seeing today. It, it, really be, it really grew out of Woodrow Wilson's frustration uh, with the League of Nations. He just knew that was right. And so we just have to get this done. Um, and between him and FDR, it just grew into this, this, this hydra that now is... I think beyond most people's comprehension because they don't hear about it ever by design. Um, According according to, I just looked up a quick quote from this book and Cranowitter, the author said early social scientists sketching out the plan of what an administrative state would look like often use the phrase permanent government and said, we'll still have elections and they're useful because they distract citizens. But what's going to happen is, we will be the Leviathan of a permanent government in no way affected by the results of the election. And that's exactly where we are. It's I've never I've been doing my research on this Ukraine thing for about a year. And um, what we started to find about a year ago was disturbing. And the more we look into it and it is it's truly terrifying if if. If the Senate doesn't pick this up and expose what's going on, if they make this just about Donald Trump, this all of this stuff is just a show. It's just a show and nothing's going to really change. The Senate in the midst of all this in 2015 or 2016 started a Ukrainian caucus. That's not a coincidence. I'm sure that was a result of lobbying and contributions. And I think a lot of them, I'm talking about Republicans, are tied up in this in the Ukrainian interest in a way we don't understand. And they are not doing much to counter this false narrative that there was no Ukrainian interference in the election. 
they're kind of sitting silently by with maybe a couple of exceptions. They're not holding hearings they could hold. They're not counterpointing some of these things that are not true. So I'm not really confident they're, they're going to do a strong and great job if you're looking at them for a counterpoint. Cheryl, may I have off air, may I have uh, one of my researchers send you a, a, a bunch of raw uh, information and we can give you the outline on it. But I, I would love for you to see these documents because you are absolutely right. And I think we have proven the case beyond a re- reasonable doubt with official documents. Uh, but there's so much more work to be done on it and it has to be exposed. May I reach out yes, to you after the show? Yes, of course. I'd love okay. to look at it. Cheryl, thank you so much. Appreciate it. God Thanks, bless. Man. You bet. Uh, she's the host of Full Measure with uh, Cheryl Atkinson um, and just uh, a really, a really very bright woman. So I want to go back to uh, an interview that we did. Um, it was posted like six o'clock last night, I think. Uh, and I got up 12 hours later and it was already over 100,000 views on YouTube. It it was the show we broadcast the TV show uh, live as we did it on YouTube so everybody could see it. because we want to make it free. Well, I had so many things to talk to him about and. Uh, he actually he we only had that amount of time and he actually extended it for about 10 or 15 minutes so we just kept rolling tape all of that the entire interview with the exclusive is behind the paywall today at glenbeck. I'm sorry at the at blazetv.com blazetv.com if you're not a member yet please join us please um we're doing the best work we've ever ever done and we really could use you as a member. Um, your money will go to help pay for all of this stuff. Um, and I thank you if you are a member. And make sure you get the best value, bang for your buck. Watch the Rudy Giuliani um, with the extended 10 minutes on it. Uh, and don't miss tonight's show. Tonight is, tonight's like a mini special. They, the shows are really good right now. Um, but I want to go with Rudy Giuliani, what he said, part of what he said in that exclusive uh, clip that you'll only find at Blaze TV. What is it really all about, Rudy? This is cut six. What is it really all about? What this is really, I think, all about, and that is right. training people up, enriching themselves, flipping countries one by one. Um, and we, we have them on videotape talking about it, doing it in Ukraine. We have all of the documents. It's really not hard to prove. We have a release document from, uh, that was uh, 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 leaked out uh, from George Soros himself outlining the plan. And the money is going from the State Department to George Soros. And it is... I think it's really nefarious and evil, but let's just say you're in the State Department and you think this is the right thing to do. Isn't this what Donald Trump perhaps unexpectedly stumbled onto with you, that you, you and Donald Trump were a hand grenade in the State Department because you, you started... realize it. You're right. Right. Glenn, so, you're right on target. I will tell you one quotation I have from the Ukrainian witness. He said to me, and this is, you know, after 
Trump was in office for a year and a half, two years, and I'm trying to get a visa for one of the witnesses. He said, you don't realize that everyone in Ukraine knows that this embassy works for Soros, not Trump. It, it is so. They're all Soros people. It's when so you see clear. that guy Taylor, that guy Taylor testifying, Ambassador Taylor, mm-hmm. great military record, whatever, whatever, whatever. His embassy is the embassy that's holding up the visas for four or five people that could come here and blow up Schiff's completely fraudulent investigation. So, Rudy, uh, knowing what I know, not I don't think that Schiff wasn't screwing around in the Correct. Ukraine. I asked him one last question: uh, Is our is our is our hope that this will go to the Senate and the Senate will expose all of this? And he said, "No, uh, I'm looking for just one thing. I have a hope, and it's being dashed every day. And I want you to hear it because I think if there's a chance." We have to assist in this. I'll tell you about it next. Now, I want to get to Rudy's hope, but... Uh, uh, again, we're going to talk about Rudy Giuliani again, as if he's a big well, kind figure of a, yeah. in this country, the impeachment kind of hearings. A, Is that where you're going? I've noticed you just revolved keep, around him yesterday. I just thought I'd point it out. You but, keep you know. avoiding the big story of the day. <laughs> and the big story is... Uh, Wayne Messam has dropped out of the presidential race for the Democrats. Wayne Messam is out. Now, this is... Isn't only- Wayne Mess? I thought Wayne Messam was like a... Wasn't that the actor's name from like Will and Grace, or, or I don't, that was her name, or I, I, I don't know who he is. Deborah Stu. Messing is that what you're trying that's, to get to? That's okay. it, Deborah Messing. No. And I, I, is she would be a more likely candidate than Wayne, Wayne Messam? Uh, mania Ever hear of it? <laughs> nope. Uh, well, uh, apparently the Democrats wanted to shut that one down. Yeah. Because right. uh, here's a guy who was clearly going to win. Yeah. And As a de- he, Democrat? He's a Democrat. Stop trying I to. I know. I'm pretending I don't know. <laughs> I can tell. I yeah, can tell. So is America. Here's a guy who was absolutely <laughs> going to win this race. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just, you know, he was like a, he was stalking the field and waiting for his moment to pounce. So he's like Beto. Uh, no, Beto. <laughs> now, look. You, you, I'm sorry. You're I didn't mocking. Mean, please. I don't want to. Be- I really want to get to Rudy Giuliani. I don't mean to drag this out. Okay. So. So Beto. <laughs> goes up to like 14 percent and then slowly fades away yeah. wayne never had that wow. he was waiting he didn't want to have this big rise and fall yeah. he was waiting for the right moment he stuck at zero percent i'm not gonna the entire peak time. too soon all right exactly yeah. so I he just, didn't he didn't even peak at one percent he just stayed at zero, zero. and waited and right. waited for his time right and the democrats pushed him out my guess is because of the fundraising stuff they're like well this guy's bringing in too much of our money from other donors how much money last did quarter glenn he raised five dollars holy cow now now, I don't mean 5000 so or $5 million, but he raised legitimately $5. one $5 bill. Yeah. Um, who is he? Seriously. Who is waiting? Okay. Okay. He's, <laughs> he's the mayor of Miramar, Florida, and was a very... Miramar. You know, it's one interesting thing about Miramar. Uh, bigger population than uh, Pete Buttigieg's town. Really? <laughs> yes. Because I've never uh-huh. heard of Miramar, Florida. Really? Well, yeah, now I, you have. Now I have. 
Well, good news, Miramar. You get your mayor back. Yes, he'll so. be there. Even though it was hard to campaign with the fiver. All right, so uh, here's <laughs> so that's sad. He was present. That's really sad. He was in Miramar a lot of the time. Okay, so let me uh, let me talk about Rudy Giuliani. The last thing I asked him, and you can find this at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Um, the exclusive part of the Rudy Giuliani ex, uh, uh, interview that I did yesterday um, is uh, is found there. This is one of the last things I asked him. I said. So this has to be exposed. Are we hoping that it will go to the Senate and they'll expose it? Listen. Well, what I'm hoping for is that one of our brave senators starts a hearing and calls all those Ukrainian witnesses. Let them get up there and testify. So why haven't they? I don't know. Why I don't know. You... I mean, that's one of the frustrations that I have between our party and their party. Why? Uh, they, they, they seem so better organized to do cheap, horrible, and terrible things. And all I'm asking our party to do is to do something valid. Go prove just how big the corruption in Ukraine was that had a bearing on our election in 2016. They spent $40 million chasing a false claim. I know. I'm willing to guarantee them they, they are going to prove the truth. And probably for the price of a few airline tickets, because we've already, we've already, we have the documents. We have the documents. Um, and could there be more? Yeah. But once that floodgate is open, I'm, t- I'm telling you it's corrupt to the core. Yeah. We need to find, uh, we need to find a Republican will do this. I, I don't know why Mike Lee wouldn't do this. Ted Cruz, where are you, buddy? Where are you? Where are the Republicans that will take this on and have a hearing? And we're seeing more and more break about it. A story today, uh, uh just about the Biden part of this, where... Yeah. Hunter Biden, fresh off a brand new child in the family. Congratulations to Hunter yes. Biden. Well, it's not his. Well, Definitely not his. It's he not his until they did the parental test, and then yeah, they okay. found out the DNA matched, and then now he has to take responsibility oh, for the kid. fraudulent uh, uh, DNA test conspiracy theory. Yeah, and the good thing is, though, yeah. came out on Joe Biden's birthday. Oh, that's great. Uh, so what, what a better yeah. birthday present than a new grandson you yeah, didn't know about. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Um, so, uh, Except for the grandson that you were fighting against. Well, sure. Um, so this is uh, a new story about a one of the bailouts that happened around 2009. Uh-huh. And it was one of those things Bernie Sanders pushed hard against it. He really? said, this is gonna, only going to go to the wealthy, entitled people. No, but that's, that's and, not true because Joe Biden, remember, Joe Biden, when that bailout money came, mm-hmm. Joe Biden was the point man. He was the point man. He was the guy to make sure there's nobody better to make sure that no funny business went on mm-hmm. than Joe Biden. So Joe was on this. So. He was. He was all over it. But In Bernie fact, didn't I think believe he might have really been all over it. Really? I got to say, on this one, <laughs> I think Joe Biden was all over it. Really? Because it seems like, mm-hmm. new reporting today, that $130 million of that money wow. went to Hunter Biden's firm. And shockingly, it was routed, I'm sure by an error, through the Cayman Islands and another subsidiary. But it was uh, in the. it did eventually get to uh, the Hunter Biden firm. Now, no one sets up a subsidiary in the Cayman Islands. Well, except for the fact when you just happen to be passing through on a visit. It's like, I'm just going to the Caymans. And I'm I hang out there, and I needed a bank account. I needed a new company. So I look, opened sometimes, one up. Sometimes the ATM could be down, and I could be mm-hmm. down there. Now, I need to, I don't know. 
I don't know, stop in a store and buy a brand, you know, a, a Picasso. Right. And so I might need $130 million. Sometimes you, you do. Know, sometimes you do. And you want to have that ability to get it. And that's why Joe was there to make sure that legitimate taxpayer money went to a legitimate source like his son's company. It's so, only nine figures, though. Right, could have been 10. It. Could have been 12. Right. Now, here's the thing. Does Bernie know about this? Because Bernie <laughs> was on this particular grant. Yeah, he actually was did. He fought, yeah, he fought against this whole program, saying right. that he thought it was. He was afraid yeah. it might go to people who were entitled and elite, and connected. Hmm. He was like, he might have been right on that one. We should get that information to him because I bet he'll be all over that now. Because I, he uh, surely he will. I mean, you'd think sure. he would, right? You'd he's he's he in would. a fight against this guy. He's losing. Nope. He's in third or fourth place nope. in every poll. They're all in it. Nope. Hmm. They all are beholden to it. But look, when you're when you have a lot of new children, you need to tend to. <laughs> you're going to need funds to tend to them. Look, and now he has to pay child support. Do you so, have Do you have kids that you didn't know about? Oh my gosh, spread all over the world. Well, all then, over then the world. Then you should try the Hunter Biden work ethic. Uh, just to get if I look, can... I don't have kids all over the world. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids that you know are going to pop up in my life and they're like, "Oh, this is this is your dad." I'm legitimately going to go, I'm pretty sure I'm not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Hunter, he really didn't think that he was the father because he's a straight-up guy, you know? I mean, he's definitely not a straight-up guy. Uh, If you've ever read his personal history, it's a terrifying... No, (laughs) he doesn't have a drinking problem, drug problem. Oh, he does. He does. Crime uh, problem. He's admitted. He's been to rehab about seven times. Any of those things. Mm -hmm. And so he was very clear. When you you have the sobriety Mm -hmm. of Hunter Biden, you know, you know, I'm in a committed relationship here. And uh, we love each other, and I'm going to know if that's my child. How happy are you, Glenn, mm-hmm. as a man who went through uh, battles with alcohol mm-hmm. and drugs? Mm-hmm. How happy are you now that you didn't have any game back then? Like, Because who knows what you would have got into. I am really happy. <laughs> I am really happy. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, no women don't would talk me. to you. I say this so all you the didn't time. Have to worry this about is going to come as a surprise yeah. to a lot of chicks in the audience. Yes. Uh, but chicks don't <laughs> dig me. No. They don't. And Not uh, interested. Never have. Yeah. Never have. And I don't understand that. I'm, I mean, it's like a. I have all of the qualities of a gay man, except true. for the icky sex part. Well, and the physique. The, the physique is, doesn't. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's, but that's a hasty mm-hmm. generalization. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you can't say all gay men are really, you know, fit. That's true. That's true. Right. And, and look, you have a sexual preference. Um, unfortunately for women, it's women. Right. Uh, I'm I'm and, a lesbian. I've I will only sleep with women. Okay. That's okay. That, that's a, So yeah. I have all the traits of a gay uh-huh. man which all women are supposed to love. They always like ah, So we always hear the I, good ones are all gone or gay. I've seen it in like 9,000 romantic comedies so it must right. be it's true. It's got to be true. Well, I have all those qualities. My wife can barely stand me at this point. She's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, dear god, do I Can we not sleep so you know we were like so i'm i think i'm just about the point to where she i gotta stop her from watching old movies and tv shows because she might see like uh, ricky and lucy and she'll be like 
Can we get those beds? The separate beds. That's can a we, lot more space. Yeah. Can we get those? Because they're so small. There's nothing that could happen on that bed either. Honey, why is there a cubicle wall between our beds? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, let me uh, let me talk to you about something uh, uh, sincere. This um, this next week uh, is Thanksgiving. We are now preparing for the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims landing. Uh, I showed Stu today. Uh, I was up and I, I was with David Barton, and he always teaches me something new. He's like, "Have you ever seen the, have you ever seen the quarter or the half dollar? Which is this? Uh, yeah, it's a half dollar. Have you ever seen the fifty cent piece from nineteen twenty twenty one? And I'm like, "No, David, I haven't." <laughs> and he's like, "It's it has the pilgrim, it has the pilgrims, a pilgrim on the front and the Mayflower on the back." I'm like, shut up! I've never seen that. He said, "Yeah." <laughs> So it was made for the 300th anniversary. The 1820, there was a big celebration. The 1720, 100-year anniversary, they didn't celebrate, but it got kind of weird because up in Massachusetts, they were like, well, thou shalt not celebrate. Uh, uh, (laughs) And, you know, and 1620, when they arrived, they were pretty happy. There was a little celebration there. No dancing, but there was, you know, a little celebration. This was like footloose times. Yes, exactly right. right. Kevin Bacon was there. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, nobody even knows about it. Nobody even knows about it. And that's the problem with our country is our history has been stolen from us. Uh, we are not, we are not remembering who we are. I want you to talk to your family, uh, this week, this coming week when you're all together. And I want you to talk to them about the the real meaning of Thanksgiving. In fact, let me give you an email, a web address. It's 400th.org, 400th.org, 400th.org. That has all of the things that you need for your table to talk about Thanksgiving and what the pilgrims actually did and what really happened and what America really means. And I want you to share that with your family. And then I want you to ask them, what do we want to do on 4th of July? Now, I have been a guy, I was Mr. 4th of July for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I don't like the 4th of July anymore because it's all about James Brown living in the U.S. What is that? Living in America. Or living in America. Is, yes. Yeah, it's born in the USA, living, which is not. No. Living in America is at least a more positive yeah, it's about positive. the country. Born in the USA is not positive. No. Mm-mm. Okay, and that's all it is. It's about fireworks. Uh, I, I, I think it is about fireworks, and I think fireworks could be done very uh, uh, good. I think there could be a 4th of July celebration that would be unfrickin' believable if it was done by somebody who wanted to really tell the story of America. Anyway, different story, hmm. I'm sure, unrelated to this. Could you ask them to save the date? Now, it's not going to happen in Plymouth, but the weekend before, I'm going to be in Plymouth. And you could you could go and join me in Plymouth uh, for a big celebration there. So save the date of July 3rd, 4th, and 5th. The 4th of July is on a Saturday, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, and if you'd like to spend the week doing some really cool stuff that we'll tell you about... You might want to save from June 27th, which is that Saturday, before all the way to July 5th. Now, we're not getting out in front of the planning on this, are you? 
while you're talking about it on the air before it's been announced, you're just no. It's just you. I'm saying save the day. Musing. I'm saying that there's certain days you should just not plan other things. Right. Okay. Don't plan anything at that time. That's not a good time to plan because there might be something else you might want to do. You're right. But we don't know what it is. There might not be anything. Might not be anything. Might not be anything. So just save the date. All right. Back in just a second. And that's when we started this movement on the college campuses to fundamentally change the culture. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense, and that rarely ever occurs. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. <laughs> no, Please. no, I'm so torn. I so want him to be oh. president just for this. I mean, <laughs> at uh, least the nominee. We got to stop domestic violence, and we just got to keep punching at it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, this is too good. Um, by the way, I ran out of time today, so I, 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 I want to spend the time to tell you What's next? What's the next step from the impeachment hearings? It's going to happen next year. What's going to happen after Trump is reelected? I'll tell you. Tomorrow's broadcast and Bill O'Reilly.